the sound of a properly working ad fair machine is music to the ears of Ed. And I do overall check, make sure everything's, you know, okay. Generated a, a ticket. And then I close it up. Ed is one of the highly trained technicians who responds to problems ranging from malfunctioning coin slots to challenging paper ticket jams. The main thing that I see with uh, tickets is that they, people don't take care of them and they get a little mangled and then they, they jam in the machines. Or what we experience a lot of times is that we have these scammers. Oh my goodness. They have these tickets with with glue and stuff like that, and then that, that creates a lot of problems. And so all our rollers and stuff are full of glue, and, and their sensors and stuff, they all get all dirty. It's kind of like, like vandalism caused by these scammers. It's a common problem that could become less so, with Bart's aggressive push to encourage riders to use Clipper. Ed says most paper jams can be solved quickly, but it only takes a few tough cases to have a big impact. Well, most people are careful, but there's... Once, I say maybe, maybe 10% of the time, but when that 10% sometimes is really bad. You take out a gate, you take out one of our TVM machines, I mean, it causes a line. People really notice that sort of yes, thing. Yes, they do, yes. And there are people, they still want to buy paper tickets, and when one machine goes out, it's because somebody had a bad ticket, and it's something that the agent can't clear, yeah, that, that really causes a lot of problems. Ed's seen it all when it comes to these machines. He's been doing repairs for BART since 2001. His beat is a handful of East Bay stations. I was just at Fruitville. I serviced uh, one vendor, one ad fair, two gates. So that, that was just, just a while ago at Fruitville. When I go visit a station, it's not unusual to me to service at least one or two machines. Miscellaneous problems like mainly coins and bills. You know, they, you get jam, or uh, especially rainy days when people have wet bills. Oh, that's when people put wet bills in their jams all the time. Ed is dedicated to his job, and it comes through. He knows his machines inside and out. It makes everybody's job easier. I treat them like like they're my own children. If you take care of them, they'll take care of you. Yeah, and I mean that's a big deal because like every little thing that you can avoid, that that's more time that you have. Yes, that's right. It's like like this old stain. Uh, a, a stitch in time saves nine or something like that. So if you can find a little minor problem, if you don't take care of it, it becomes major. The efforts of Ed and his fellow technicians are a big reason why BART kept 99.6% of its fare gates and nearly 96% of its ticket vending machines in service during the latest quarter. Now let's meet John Yen. He's the manager of Fair Collection Engineering and is the leader of the team dedicated to keeping the fair gates and ticket vending machines running. Well, John Yen joining me now. Thank you so much for taking some time to speak with us. Absolutely. Thank you very much for the opportunity. Now, you lead a team that's essentially the brains behind our fair gates and ticket vending machines. And those machines, of course, are a critical part of the BART system. And the fact is, they're more complicated than they may look on the surface. Isn't that right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, what we're talking about here is we have uh, um, computers inside these uh, equipment that are talking to a lot of different peripherals. And just imagine all the individual components, uh, the, the 
the bill exchangers, the ticket machines, the uh, coin and bill handling, couple card. So there's a lot of complex integration between hardware and software in each piece of equipment. Pretty recently, we completed something called an asset refresh to, on the ticket vending machines. What is that and what does it accomplish? So the current set of uh, Cubic equipment, uh, Cubic is the manufacturer of the equipment, and they were initially installed back in 2002. So we were anticipating the uh, equipment to have a lifetime of uh, about 15, 20 years. So what we did uh, between 2016 and 2017 is that we did a midlife refresh. What we did was that we kept the stainless steel boxes outside and we replaced many of the electronic components, all the computers, all the uh, electronic components. A lot of them were obsolete and a lot of them are no longer serviceable. So we need to keep the equipment operational, uh, hopefully for another 10 to 15 years. So we ripped out a lot of the uh, electronic components and replaced them with uh, up-to-date technology. So this is a way in essence for BART to get more life out of these machines without having to buy whole new machines. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're talking about comparing uh, tens of millions uh, in uh, refresh work versus spending hundreds of millions of dollars in replacing the entire system and entire boxes. How reliable are these machines in general? In general, they're uh, very reliable. Usually we have an uh, uptime of 95-98% um, uptime for all the uh, equipment. Typically, we're shooting for a fair gate at 99% uptime. So uh, we, they are very reliable. Uh, there's a lot of uh, work that's being done to keep them up and running. Uh, we have a great team of uh, uh, maintenance uh, technicians that are out there. Just keep them running. And you mentioned 99% in terms of efficiency. That's a really high target. And there are about 1,200 machines all throughout the system that you manage. It, it sounds like a lot. It is a lot. I mean, just imagine we have a, a lot of computers out there. Every one of them is going to be doing something a little bit different. Uh, they're all configured differently. They do slightly different things depending on where they are, what they do. So uh, it's, a, it's a big task to manage the configuration and make sure that they're all operating correctly. Now, the work that's been done has really been on the guts of these machines, the inside that the customer never sees. Has there been any consideration to make any, any changes to the user interface? There are certainly some uh, consideration for making changes to the user interface. Uh, the first thing that uh, we should see within the next uh, two to three years is that we're going to start accepting um, chip credit cards, the EMB cards. So what that means is that we're going to be seeing uh, some new devices installed in the, on the front of the thick vending machines. We're probably also going to be looking more towards uh, accepting uh, mobile payment at some point uh, on the uh, ticket vending machine. There's always a uh, consideration uh, going forward in looking at uh, the wearables, the mobile payments, cell phones. So there's a lot of things under consideration. So we are proceeding very carefully, uh, very uh, judiciously to make sure that we are doing the right thing, uh, making sure that we're providing the best experiences for the customers. I'm speaking with John Yen, who's the manager of Fair Collection Engineering here at BARD, and we're talking about the ticket vending machines and the fair machines in our system. 99% availability is a, a great goal and a, a really something, I think, that stands out and is important for our riders. One of the big changes that's happening right now at BARD is a big push to get more folks to use Clipper. Uh, obviously, that's a big deal when it comes to our fair gates and how they function. Talk a little bit about that. What kind of an impact could that have in terms of more people using Clipper as opposed to paper tickets? With paper tickets, it is a 40-year-old technology, and it does require a lot of uh, mechanical uh, equipment to move the tickets around within the fair collection equipment. So the maintenance of those transports are uh, relatively uh, troublesome. 
we know how to do the business, we know how to repair them, we know how to fix them. But ultimately, if uh, at some point in the near future, hopefully, we won't have any ticket acceptance. We'll have a very simple device that simply does nothing but accepting uh, Clipper, and the customer simply have to tag a uh, on the target. There are no moving parts. Maintenance should be a lot simpler. And uh, we're getting there. I mean, right now, the, with a fair increase uh, in the surcharge, uh, we're seeing a big change in the way that uh, customers are using Clipper Card versus tickets. So we're hoping that trend continues. Looking at it as we move towards Clipper, it sounds like that's a way that could uh, not only make it easier for customers in terms of getting through the fare gates more quickly, it sounds like it would keep even more of our machines in service. I would hope so. I mean, it's going to really reduce the, uh, the maintenance uh, uh, requirements and uh, Perhaps within a few years, we're going to start talking about uh, purchasing the next generation of uh, fare collection equipment. We are fully intending on not supporting magnetic tickets going forward with the new generation, but uh, we just need to look at how do we get there. One of the things I'll hear from customers from time to time as we talk about the BART system is a lot of them, they, they obviously don't like fare evasion. And they say, well, the BART fare gates, you know, they should be taller or they should be redesigned or something like that. I would imagine something like that, a change like that, is easier said than done. It is a lot easier said than done. Uh, what we're talking about is uh, we are bringing a new set of equipment. There's going to be uh, a lot of functionality that we need to make sure that they work within the BART operating parameters. Uh, there's system integration. We want to make sure that we are able to monitor them. We're able to uh, get data from them. Uh, so from a system integration perspective, this is not going to be an easy task. Yeah, and I would imagine it would be a pretty significant cost as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, and one thing that's interesting, too, is in terms of the how the fare gates function, they actually open in an emergency, if, if I understand correctly. How, how does that work? Correct. So the fare gates are actually tied to the station uh, fire alarm panel. So uh, if there's an emergency, somebody pulls an alarm, um, they would uh, trigger the fare gates to open so that everybody can exit the system um, uh, safely. You know, obviously these fare gates get a lot of use. We have more than 400,000 customers on a typical weekday, and they're all going through the fare gates one way or the other. How are they holding up overall with such heavy use in our system? I think they're holding up great. I mean, like I said, we have a great team of uh, technicians out there uh, taking care of any problems, but for the most part, yeah, 99% uptime on the fare gate, and uh, they're working very nice. Yeah, I had the opportunity to go out with one of those technicians, and it was really neat to see because they learned the system so well. They're responsible for individual stations, so they really know the machines at their stations, and they have that individual ownership of, of keeping those machines running. It was really a neat thing to see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they take pride in uh, doing the work. They uh, are responsible for making sure that the uh, equipment are functioning properly, so if there's any issues, they know how to um, bring them back online, and they know how to take care of the problems. Technology changes so quickly, and you mentioned these machines had already been in the system about 15, 20 years, and we did that asset refresh. Does that present any challenges? I mean, obviously, the asset refresh should bring some updates into play, but is it any, any of the technology still kind of dated? Is it still kind of old and maybe more difficult to work with? Just imagine that you have a uh, computer, a, a uh, personal computer at home, and you probably have to replace it every, I don't know, three or five years or whatever at most. Well, we're talking about a computer here that's a lot more customized, a lot more integrated, and so we're not going to re replace the equipment as quickly. But every time that we do run into a problem, for example, with obsolescence, we do need to make sure that we replace not just the computer, but uh, making sure that all the peripherals are still working, or the software is working, just need to keep it running. 
I mean, we're hearing uh, from uh, from a board level perspective, from a lot of uh, public interest, there's always um, uh, ideas of how we can improve the system. And so um, we just have to weigh each one carefully. We have to look at the cost benefit and see whether it's a really good idea or something that we can do easily and uh, would have a long-term uh, uh, return on investment. And we also want to make sure that they're maintainable so that we don't put something out there that they get broken easily, that we, it's hard to repair. So those are all the considerations that uh, we have to consider. John, thank you so much for your time with us. Thank you very much. That's John Yen. He's the manager of Fair Collection Engineering here at BART. And thank you for listening to Hidden Tracks, Stories from BART. You can listen to our podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and, of course, at our website, bart.gov podcasts.